Welcome back to Dice Pixels episode 39. This week, E3's announced that it's canceled its show for this year. And I can't say I told you so, but I told you so. Yeah, Time you stamps down there. Yeah, uh, you were right. And yeah. we, you said it was episode... Episode 31. 31. Yeah, when uh, the big three announced that they would not be attending E3 this year. Uh, we all had our theories and we talked about ways they probably could do the show and still make it uh, an enjoyable experience for the viewers and everybody, attendees. Um, but I also said that I would not be surprised if they canceled it altogether. Yeah, and and I said that I, I, I was pretty emphatic that I didn't think they would cancel this year. Uh, so I was surprised, uh, legitimately surprised. Um, I thought that they would sort of take the tack of cool we're gonna downplay gaming this year because as we talked about before like it's not just gaming i'm guessing they feel differently now uh, although with that said the one thing that i don't know and i didn't actually i should have followed up on this before we started recording uh, i didn't know i didn't check when we were talking about it before but when sony pulled out do either of you know off the top of your heads did they like completely like did they tvs and everything because that would definitely change Ooh. the equation a little bit. Yeah. Because if I Sony said like, no, we're not bringing TVs, we're not bringing audio, we're not bringing anything, then yeah. that's a little different because Sony did, like a lot of the consumer electronics was Sony as well. So um, it um, it doesn't say, it just says Sony in general uh, pulled out. I mean, they probably did, which yeah, would definitely make it harder. Yeah. Uh, like... <laughs> There's other brands like Philips, for instance, is, mm -hmm. has a big pre uh, presence at E3. But without Sony, either in the gaming field or the consumer electronics field. Yeah, they'd be kind of scrambling to to get things back on track and then ready in time. Well, yeah, and the sponsorships alone just from from those big three, uh, I, I'm sure they lost a ton of sponsorship deals that probably would have been, yep. you know, a tribute to it or had a hard time finding some because of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and and who knows what uh, what deals they had made that they would have mm -hmm. had to uh, um, cancel yeah. at great cost or whatever. Yeah. So I'm sure Ubisoft announcing too that they were they weren't gonna be at E3 and do their own thing kind of didn't help as well. Um, I'm not sure if EA ever came out and said no to E3. They usually had their own kind of big uh, stage stage show like during E3 at a yeah. different uh, location, but I don't. Like we said before, like with everybody, thanks to COVID, everybody started doing their own thing, uh, you know, via YouTube or social media, whatever. And they did it like cheaper and all that stuff. Right. So they didn't have to go to L.A. And I just think because of that. And now I know Sony and Microsoft backed out before COVID. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that and just finding new ways to deliver the news and announcements just kind of killed this. Yeah, well, I think this is a classic blockbuster moment where E3 should have started making moves five to ten years ago. Um, because like we said in the last time we talked about this, uh, if, if we'll try to not beat the same ground too much tonight. If you want to see the original conversation, it's episode 31. Um, but uh, the, the cross-section of gaming and electronics has been less important for a while now. And... Um, this was kind of inevitable. I assumed they had some other path forward. I assumed that they were going to say, that's cool. We're going to pivot to doing more car stuff. Now that cars are basically just computers, like, 
Um, although in fairness, Tesla's doing all their own events. And so maybe they couldn't, maybe they wanted to and couldn't get that happening. I, I don't know. Um, I just, I thought they had some other path, but yeah, it looks like, um, I'm guessing it was you, Sarah, that put in that uh, the organizers are not saying whether there's going to be a 2024. Yep. Yep. They were noncommittal either direction, whether or not there would be. I think, I think they probably haven't shut down the idea for a 2024 expo because um, if, if they have enough time, they could pivot the direction of it. Sure. Like we were saying at, um, earlier in, in the previous episode, like they could make it into an indie expo or it's all indie games and, and yeah. smaller devs and yeah. whatnot. Well, like I'll say um, growing up and just waiting for that issue of uh, whatever, like GamePro, EG, uh, EGM or whatever, and uh, reading about the E3 coverage in that, like back in the, the early, early mid-90s and onward. Um, I, I, I honestly still believe that a lot of the, a lot of the, sh- the surprises and all that are kind of dead now, thanks to no small part to like social media. Oh, yeah, or, they have been for right? a yeah. long time. So yeah. nothing really surprises you other than like what you might see on screen like in a in a game announcement or whatever well it was for for a while now i personally think that e3 has been about the experience Mm -hmm. it's been about going there and and experiencing in in whatever setup they've got going on um and so in that regard there's no reason that e3 can't still be relevant uh like the diablo 4 beta could have been aligned with E3. Yep. I mean, the release date they had already sort of picked and everything else, but like on the whole, there's no reason that they couldn't have, uh, you know, brought people in to test it out at E3 first and then open it up to the open beta or whatever. But Blizzard's not the company that's going to do that for starters. Blizzard hasn't done E3 in a while. They've done BlizzCon. So like, of course, that's not going to happen. But games like that there's no reason it couldn't happen at e3 except that e3 hasn't been doing a good job of that stuff lately yeah it feels i feel like a lot of people myself included that what e3 is in my mind is basically e3 from 10 years ago yeah yeah where They're blockbuster was, yeah 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 like you said yeah um where it's just like all of the big exciting things are going on and you want to go desperately. And so a lot of people still want to go because they have that in mind, but it's just not been that level. I don't think since then. Well, Well, I'm going to, I'm going to counter with what you had said about, um, high definition YouTube. I think a lot of like that alone in, in my opinion, like it was cited in uh, one source saying that due to a lack of interest is why they're canceling it as well. And like, yeah, like when you can watch your, these trailers on YouTube in high definition, why would you want to (laughs) go? So, I mean, the, the trick is it's not so, so I, I mean, I, I originally said that and I, yes, I think that's a huge part of why E3 has lost its magic. But that just means it needs to pivot, right? So yep. so things like, let's talk about VR for a second. Mm. E3 was one of the places that you could actually go and experience VR stuff and, and people like that. But they never did a good job of capturing that or or letting the audience in on it. And that's that's a hard 
thing to do. But that's E3's fucking job, right? Like their job was to figure out how to bring new technology to the masses. It's not Sony's job to figure out how to do that. I mean, it is to an extent, yeah. obviously, but that's if, if E3 is not going to do that, then they might as well not exist. And the thing is, they haven't done any of that. There were there were VR setups at E3 that you could play. And, and for the one person that got to play at that time, it was super cool and immersive and awesome. But for the people waiting in line, for the people online, for the journalists that wanted to talk about this stuff, uh, you know, no, there was nothing. It was yeah. like, yeah, I can see what they're seeing on a TV screen. Great. Like, that's not compelling. What the no. fuck? <laughs> Something like that, though. How do you translate that for other people? Like, I don't yeah. know. But again, that's not my job. Yeah. That's E3's job. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they should have been doing for that. And maybe they tried and failed. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But bottom line is, you know, there are new technologies that E3 could still be capitalizing on. They're not because I I think they got lazy. Yeah, they got yeah complacent with what yeah. they were doing. Everything seemed to be working, so why stir the pot? Yeah, um, but I, the, all of that said, I I was surprised that they canceled it. You one hundred percent called that. Yeah. Um, the proof is is on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the internet does not lie <laughs> ever. Not this channel, except the earlier video that you might have watched. Yep. That was a lie. But, yeah, um, it's, it's it's really a shame. Uh, I, I consider this. I, I don't see them doing one next year, and I, I, don't I think honestly so. consider this like an an end of an era, more or less. Um, if they're smart, yeah, they will do a minimal E three next year, probably online only. Yeah, where they will do like a roundup of the best tech of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up because uh, there's a few um, there's a few little points here. Uh, and I want to say like when they one uh, went from being like a media and business summit and two, when they opened it to the public. Now, a lot of conventions and stuff, I know like we've been to some that you have like a lot of civvies out, you know, there's people there and attending and whatever. But when this originally started as just like media and business, do you kind of think like maybe it should go back to something like that or it's. Well, that was one of the options that I kind of talked about in in the last episode that we did on it. Um, there's a world where they could do that. They could just wildly reduce the scope and go back to just the highlights. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that's something they could do. I don't think that they will, because I think that at this point, E3 has become, as an organization, I think it's become too big. Yeah they would have to uh, do a massive layoff and, and size down the business and everything else. And I don't think they'll do that. I think they will try to hold on until the bitter end. And I think they will fail unless they change things drastically. Uh, like, I agree. I think this will, uh, given that they canceled this year, I don't see it happening again. If they're clever next year, they'll figure out a way to do a greatest hits or something. They'll do an awards show. They'll figure some way out to keep e3 in the headlines while they spend all of 20 the rest of 23 and all of 24 figuring out how to make the conference relevant again yeah if they're clever but if they were clever 
I don't think they'd be in this position to begin with. So yeah. maybe they'll hire someone that's clever. Yeah, and that might happen. Yeah. Right, the and boat again. That that data leak they had back in 2019 kind of was like the beginning of the end. But also too, I look at Jeff Keeley's Summer Game Fest, and that has become the quintessential like E3 in the summer now. Yeah, like that's the show that people really look forward to, and even the Game Awards. I mean, the Game yeah. Awards are talked about huge in a lot of the trailers that they had at the Game Awards. Some of them were like, oh, shit. Right? Yeah, they were exciting. Well, uh, one of the problems that they're running into, and, and it's part of the overall package, is that it's not that hard to put on a, a conference for video games anymore. I mean, obviously doing a physical conference is still incredibly difficult, but people care less about that. And putting on a digital conference for games or an award show, I mean, hell, we did an award show. It was crap, but we did one. <laughs> what are you talking about? Our award show was magnificent. Best show on the planet. Yeah, I'm just Damn glad right. that BAFTA agreed with us and made Vampire Survivors their game of the year Damn as well. Damn right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think it was pretty clearly the best from the game of the year. Maybe yeah. whether that's the best game or not, the game of the year. I think it deserves that yeah. title. So, Well, let's uh, take our hats off and lower our heads and... You're the only one wearing one. Wish you would do E3. You were fun while it lasted. If I still drank, I'd probably have a drink. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I don't know if it's sad news, because I don't know how many people are going to care, but, you know, it's definitely the end of an era. So, Yeah. Moving on. The beginning of an era. Yes. Some D&D &D virtual tabletop. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Sarah. they released a new video. Sarah, do you want to talk about this? Or? Do I want to talk about this? Sure, why not? D&D &D via, I believe it's D&D uh, &D Beyond because everything seems to be going through D&D &D Beyond now. Which is now. weird, by the so way. So weird. But whatever. They have... Oh, why did I unmute that? doesn't matter. They have released a trailer for their new VTT coming out. It's really weird in terms it of... Is. Yeah, the, the, the video, to be clear, is what we're yes, talking about. The, no. the video they released is weird. The program itself looks fantastic. It looks like a video game. Yeah. Granted, this is like pre-alpha, so whether or not it actually is totally different story. I imagine maybe probably pre-gens, like um, pre-generated um, gaming modules. Yeah. Those ones will probably have like all the fun animations of like stuff coming out of the ground and um well so so my understanding from watching the video and and admittedly this is i'm going out on a couple of limbs here mm -hmm. but uh my understanding is basically if it's an official spell or an official creature yeah it'll do a yes. thing yeah it doesn't need to be part of a campaign necessarily yeah. but anything that is official will have things yeah um and that all looks super cool. Yeah, like they even mentioned that there'll be, um, like if your village is burning down, you can make embers falling from the sky and yeah. you can make weather effects. And like, yeah. it looks really, really cool. Like, have you ever seen any trailers for games like Demio? And I can't think of anything else right now, but I know of, there's at least four other games where the players that you're playing as look like miniatures. Yeah. This looks basically the same as that. But... Yeah. As to the actual video in itself. Weird. It was weird. Yeah. They they picked a handful of people who it wasn't clear to me. This I, I said this earlier tonight. It wasn't clear to me whether they picked people who had played D D before but were incredibly uncomfortable on camera, 
or whether they picked people that were comfortable on camera but had never played D&D before and were being fed lines. Yeah. It was weird. Like there's one section where you can tell they're being fed lines. Yeah. With the sorcerer because that entire exchange is just like, whew. Super unnatural. Oh my God. Yeah. But what's weirder than that is that none of the actual people, well, for, okay, first of all, they bring a bunch of people into a room sitting around a table all on laptops, which hopefully is not the way people are going to use this thing. There will be some. There will be some. But like by and large, like they should have done people, on, like you said, on other sides of the planet, planet. right? Like yep. have some people from like APAC join uh, with South America, North America, whatever. Get people from all over the world to play D&D together because like theoretically. That's the point. Right? <laughs> Um, and they didn't, they brought no. in a handful of people and sat them around a table with matching laptops and a map in the middle of the table that they didn't use. You, yeah. It was like, it was like a regular D and D setup, but also everyone had laptops that didn't just have like their sheets on them. It was the entire VTT. Yeah. Like, it was, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Very weird. Very weird. Um, so like the entire, like the people in the video just really added nothing to the entire, it, very strange choice. <laughs> it it would have, I honestly think you could cut out all of the actual people from that video, shorten it down to like a minute and yep. it would be a more compelling video. Yeah. Excuse me. It'd video. Be, yeah. It'd be more, the cutting, the way that they cut up the actual VTT footage with the people playing made it less interesting. Yeah. I was ready to turn it off halfway through, yeah. but I, I stuck through it because I wanted to see more of the actual program. Well, and there were a couple of important things that they did slip into the video. Uh, one of the things that they talked about was sort of, it's not going to be beholden to the rules. So yeah. like they, they specifically talked about the idea of like, if, you know, we know what D&D is. And if your DM wants you to be able to do something, we're not going to like prevent that by the baked in rules. If you want to jump onto the roof or do a backflip onto a table or whatever. Cool. So that's good. Like the 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 program, the VTT yeah. looks yep. like it should. Yep. And, and I think it will open up a world of a better world mm -hmm. of online play, hopefully. Yep. But that was a weird video. Yep. I... I I don't think it got the point across to uh, to people who are already interested in it. It'll be like, okay, this is a bit more information. If somebody's not already sold on the idea of it, I think they're going to look at that and be like, mm. especially with the way that they they showed it with people sitting at the table. If I'm yeah. not like, if I didn't know what it was already, I'd be like, I'm that's I'm not going to do that. No, I want theater of the mind. Yeah. Whereas, like, okay, I'm playing with people. From various places around. Yeah. Then yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, very strange the way they they set that up. Um, I didn't I didn't watch it. I've been like skimming through it while you two have been talking because I have a day job. Um, <laughs> hey, so do I. <laughs> um, but like even just skimming through it, like I really don't care about what's happening at the table, and I want to see more of like the actual VTT. And skimming through the footage to find that like you get like a few seconds of like the vtt here and there and then it's back to the the table disposition but it's like yeah, i find I mean, it incredible it's... that they all have the exact same laptop yeah. that's a well, joke <laughs> it's a little weird the, the whole thing is is yeah. very odd i think they could have shown that they could have made it 
so it's like maybe they have a clip of people playing around the table like that maybe they have some from around the world maybe they have the dm with the big screen behind him and maybe people have their their um sheets and whatnot on tablets yeah. like or maybe like a tabletop screen or something like that they could have shown different setups i imagine we'll probably get a video with different ideas based on that yeah but they, they will release more yeah. videos very soon uh, probably within the next couple of days yeah uh, if we're honest but uh it, it was weird to me that like having people around the table looks good on video so I, I get that because having like doing a video, like a cinema, cine, cinema, cinegra Oh my God. You cinematic. Oh, there we go. <laughs> wow. You think we don't talk. Uh, having a cinematic like Skype call. It's pretty fucking hard. Right? Yeah. Like uh, making that compelling to a, to somebody watching. Very difficult. I mean, they could all be in the same room if you just frame everything right, to be honest. Yeah, kind of. But yeah. but more to the point, like if you want to have people in the room for the cinematics of it all, that's great. Mm -hmm. Have three people at the table and dial a fourth in. Yeah. Like not everybody needs to be yep. remote for yep. this to work. But like they didn't even you could be excused watching that video to not realize that this was something that you're supposed to be able to play like mm -hmm. with people god i hope it's remote like yeah it's actually not totally clear that it is even served over the internet from oh, that video <laughs> i hope it's not a network only thing it it's not actually clear from that video <laughs> so anyways near miss on that one from wizards yeah but it looks cool it yeah the, the technology the the actual VTT the graphics the way that they've executed it and everything mm -hmm. else all look super cool yeah, yeah that was a fucking weird video yeah yeah but I, I, I I really sorry I, I really want to see more of just the virtual tabletop yeah. and like as you were saying leave that on and have the disposition like as kind of the background like let the DM talk and the players make their choices but give me nothing but this VTT footage I don't want to see the people at the table yeah and, and they will they'll release I know. that yeah. video but I yeah I'm really looking forward to when we get footage of just how the sheets interact with the interface itself and just how everything works and being able to compare that to what we get with roll 20 and what we get with uh foundry VTT yeah yeah and and sort of to your point like what's the value proposition for using the official VTT instead yep. of Roll20? Yeah. Yep. Other than pretty. Because let's face yeah. it, I don't think most D&D players care about the graphics. They're nice, they're cool, but I would hope most D&D players aren't like, I need photorealistic oh, yeah. graphics because no. then why were you playing D&D in the first yeah. place? <laughs> it's a game of imagination. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super weird video. Hopefully they come out with more soon and actually describe, like talk about the technical aspects of it because yeah, that was weird. It did not answer any of the questions. Well, it answered like two of the questions that I was hoping that it would answer of the like 20 that I have. <laughs> I think the thing I found most interesting was, um, again, it was with that really, really awkward scripted exchange, oh, yeah. but it showed that the one player was able to import her character from her own account and yeah. put it onto uh, one of the miniatures associated with that game yeah. versus any pre-gens. So like, obviously that was going to be a thing to begin with. But, but it's just, nice for the confirmation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. yeah. They they made it look like that's a very smooth process, which mm-hmm. you'd fucking hope it is. <laughs> if it's all in the same program, definitely. Yeah. Going from Wizards D D and D Beyond to Wizards VTT, it better be pretty smooth. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that that's cool. Uh, we'll look forward to more mm-hmm. info coming yeah. out. Yep. Like a lot of the comments in here too. I know uh, some people are uh, hoping that user-made content is freely and easily accessible. Um, it should be. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm pretty sure they said initially that it would be. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, yeah. I guess we'll wait and see. I kind of, I'm looking forward to see if um, you can import miniatures from HeroForge. They would be missing out if they were not... A, yeah did not make that collaboration yeah getting your own models into the game is something that uh will for some people be a deal breaker one way or the other i don't think i would care but some people will be like no i want if i'm going to use this i want my character i mean that's a thing that people do when they're bored is they just go in and make miniature characters in hero forge because it's fun and and even even with tabletop like people kit smash miniatures together to get exactly what they want yeah uh, like all the time like that's very common so they will need a solution for that it'll be interesting to see what that solution is i mean the easy answer for them yeah yeah that would be the best idea considering they have a huge library available already yeah Yeah. Yeah. they like you said they would be dumb not to yep but that doesn't mean they won't yep (laughs) Uh, so you know what else is dumb? Wormwood. <laughs> <laughs> there was no hesitation there. Yeah, no, the Wormwood price increases. Yeah, so um, so uh, because people probably don't know about it yet, Wormwood is increasing the prices on all of their prophecy tables in the near future. Um, but the weird thing is, the prices don't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, yeah, I... I can't really make out this image. Yeah, no, it was like I I cut and pasted no, it in, and you should you might theoretically be able to expand it. I can't because that's, that's all right. I will bring up the email myself. Um, but uh, so so the one so the obvious thing that looked really stupid to me was just taking a glance at it. I actually fired up a, a like spreadsheet and took a look at it. Uh, there just to make sure that my mental math wasn't completely haywire. But um, Purple Heart is... So for most tables, the the table itself has gone up by somewhere north of $1,500. And in some cases, as much as... Like, I think Bolivian Rosewood was topped it out at like seven and a half grand it increased by. Presumably that's just because Boro is really hard to get. So So fine, whatever. But Purple Heart was, I've, I figured that you would be able to tell that they should be basing these prices either on increased labor costs or increased wood costs or some combination of that. But then you look at the Purple Heart table and the actual cost of the table went up by, uh, what is it, $2,700, but the topper went up by $250 compared to most of the toppers, including Cherry, that went up by like 500. So like the topper for Purple Heart went up less than most woods, but the table wood went up considerably more. It's just like, I don't know where the fuck they got these numbers from. They just don't make any sense. The the only thing I, I said earlier that might maybe justify this is if they're basing it partly on the number of orders. Like I could imagine 
that people buy purple heart tables for their game rooms, not so much dining rooms. And so maybe they sell less purple heart toppers. So they figured they could increase it by less, but like that doesn't really make sense. either. It's just weird. They're, is the there, fact that they're increasing prices, whatever. Yeah, yeah everything's no, going up, yeah. fine. But it, yeah, it's weird. Like, there, is there no consistency with increase in, like, terms of percentage? No. Even across, like, the same wood type? Like, for all cherry products or all... No, not really. So so the cherry table goes from 8500 to 10250 So that's a $2,750 increase. Yeah. The topper goes up by five hundred dollars from fifteen hundred to two thousand, which is uh, twenty five. So, so those two are similar percentage wise. They're like twenty five and t- less than twenty five, but in that neighborhood. Um, but the five hundred dollars for the topper is actually pretty consistent. Like even the ebony, which the or sorry, the ebony is actually weird because it didn't go up very much. No, uh, I noticed <laughs> that. That was really weird. Another kind of weird. One. But the wenge, um, which the table went up by. Uh, a bunch it went up by 3500 it looks like for the table still only 500 for the topper okay it, it's just it's just weird, weird. yeah yeah <laughs> it's like they said like let's increase all the toppers by 500 dollars. except we'll make a few of them less mm-hmm. the boro went way up like clearly they're having trouble sourcing boro that's yeah. fine whatever but like these numbers don't make sense they're all over the damn map it's just kind of weird so yeah whatever like i like i said like i'm not sitting here being grumpy about like oh damn you for increasing your prices because like of course no, yeah but maybe increase them by sensible numbers that yeah. make sense <laughs> yeah so weird yeah i'm so not <laughs> i don't even want to get into it just because like we we've had so many discussions about wormwood and just a lot of business decisions that they've made that just seem to be really dumb. And I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I've basically, I've, st- I, I watched Worm Life. So I don't have that many Wormwood products. I have a, a few because yeah. I like their mm-hmm. stuff by and large. Uh, but I, I used to watch Worm Life all the time. Like I've actually watched all of the Worm Life episodes up until about four months ago multiple times i've i've like binged through the entire seasons of mm-hmm. worm life multiple times because watching the company grow and like i i like woodworking and mm-hmm. and what they're doing these days is not woodworking it's machining and that's fine because it's interesting in its own right but like i like the the personalities of the people that they have on and everything yep. else it's an interesting show but lately i'm just like uh, you're kind of just pissing me off with all these stupid decisions you're making <laughs> <laughs> dog and, beds yeah right and and oh by the way your products have been the quality has been going down for a while so like i don't know i'm i'm with you chad i'm kind of done with wormwood but yeah. uh if you were in the market for a prophecy you probably already know that they're going up in price uh there you have until april 28th Cool. To submit your deposit. Yep. Lock in that price. Yeah. You only have to submit your posi- your deposit, I believe. Uh, Let me just double check that. Once you've placed your deposit. Uh, actually, no. It looks like if you do a deposit, they will get back to you quickly. And then you actually have to pay 
uh, 50% of your order to lock-in pricing. So you'd better be ready to order. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that makes sense. I mean, it would be a little weird if they just did it for the deposit alone. But anyways, if you're interested, uh, do it now or... Forever hold your peace. Well, for a while anyways. And uh, Wormwood, get... What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, do you want to talk about this uh, mixed reality Hot Wheels game? Or yeah, it's, yeah, it looks really, really cool. It looks incredibly expensive too, so not necessarily something like okay. So Maybe. what it is, you get an RC car with this package. It's made by the people that did Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Yes, I was going to say. Yeah, if you've was, seen I, the Mario Kart version. Yeah, this is just the Hot Wheels version. Yeah. But basically, what you get in this package is you get uh, an RC car. And you get these hub things and a charging table, obviously. And there's an app that you put on your phone and you race your RC car around in your house. But I think you also on the screen see a racetrack. Is that my... Racetrack and power-ups and shit. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah. So so if you've seen the Nintendo version, the the Mario Kart augmented reality, uh, it's the same basic thing, except you use a smartphone instead of your Switch, Mm -hmm. which means you don't have to buy a switch uh and yeah i i've almost bought the mario kart one like four times <laughs> um because it's just a cool idea yeah yeah the only the unfortunate thing though with it um like the base there's a base pack and then there's uh the collector's edition and yeah. the base is 130 dollars us yeah so like it's <laughs> If you want to do it with friends, like everyone's going to have to buy it, and that gets very spendy very quickly. Yeah. Now there is one notable thing here, which uh, I haven't seen any information about this yet, but I know that some people were poking about at the uh, Mario Kart cars, and I forget if they actually succeeded or not. But I know they were poking at it, and it looked like you because they use Bluetooth. In theory, you could just control the car with like your own software. You wouldn't necessarily need to use their their app. Yeah. Um, so if these are, they're not going to work this way out of the box. I can no. guarantee. But if they, if somebody sort of cracks them, you could potentially see other apps using these cars, which That's would cool. extend the usability of them. Yep. Definitely yep, increase yep, yep. the value proposition. So. Um, I don't know that I'll be investing in this because it is a fairly spendy bit. And mm-hmm. honestly, if I was going to spend 130 bucks, 140 bucks US on an RC car, I would buy an yeah. RC car. Yeah. I can stick a GoPro <sighs> to it. <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll say this. Um, if you're a big Hot Wheels aficionado, um, you can easily, you can just, if you have a, a next gen system or even a last gen system, go out and buy Hot Wheels Unleashed. It's a Hot Wheels racing game that's really, really, really good. And it has a ton of the classic cars that you can get in the game. And it's super, super fun. It's on Game yes. Pass. Sure, sure. I mean, the, the difference with this is you, you set up a track in your house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah. I agree. I, th- yeah. This is mostly made for younger, not like young children, but like. Preteens, yeah, probably. Yeah, I want to say like tween sort yeah, of age yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. This is the kind of game that I would have gotten and tried to drive it into my dad's ankles. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... Which is why the video game version is better. Well, how do you think you get the 
power-ups. <laughs> um, it's parents cursing. Uh, they're cool. They're they're a neat idea. Um, I may pick one up at some point just because the Mario Kart one has almost got me like three or four times. Um, but uh, again, like I, there are times that I'm like, oh, I'd love an RC car, but I'll I'll buy a real RC car. These are not really for adults. They're for children that are old enough not to completely break it day one, but young enough to still enjoy this sort of thing. It's a cool idea. So millennials. Yeah, depending on who you talk to. I mean, some people think we're millennials. <laughs> yeah. We are. Well, not I, I, I'm not. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm, well, I'm not going to get into this, but everybody is fucking wrong about generations so badly. It's ridiculous. I'm probably older than freaking a fart from the 20s. I'll uh, I'll write it up on the website at some point about how wrong people are about generations. <laughs> oh, God. I, it's just every time yeah. I talk to somebody about generations, they end up well, at least they have in their head that at least one of the generations that they have. If you have them like draw them out, one of their generations is like eight years long. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, OK, you're wrong. Stop that. <laughs> but anyways. So um, uh, the Diablo okay. 4 beta, uh, the Top. open beta came and went. Uh, over the past weekend, couple people played it. Yeah, just yeah. a couple, just a couple. And congratulations, both of you. Um, you, you were one of them, surprisingly. Yeah, I was in there day one. Yeah, right here. Wow. Um, so yeah, Blizzard announced uh, some numbers and stuff uh, with regards to the beta, and uh, the most played classes were the sorcerer and the necromancer. Shocking. Surprise, surprise. Uh, total hours played was sixty-one million five hundred sixty thousand four hundred thirty-seven hours. People died. 46,924,644 times. No, you got to drop the ones columns there, bud. Just just read the the thousands. Nobody's going to listen to that. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> even I didn't even I couldn't hear that, what that you said after numbers. the second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um total monsters killed was 29 billion. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> That's a number. Uh the good old butcher died 576,000 times. And uh, Ashava died 107,000 times. Cool. Someone so, almost soloed her, too. Yeah, I seen that. That's yeah. nuts. That was me. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if anybody was keeping track and made it to level 20 to earn your uh, beta wolf pack, you're one of the 2.6 million that did. Yep. I was. I didn't, because I did not like it very much. Uh, yeah, we know. <laughs> In fairness, there's a video coming out shortly where I do talk about some of the ways that Diablo 4 is better than Diablo 3. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, and 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 I get it. Like um Diablo 2 has a special place in a lot of people's hearts. <laughs> like it, it really does. Like I'm not, and I'm not Absolutely. knocking that. It Absolutely. really does. Um I personally found the Diablo 3 experience to be a lot better in my opinion. Well, Diablo 3 was objectively a better game. Yeah. Period. Um and Diablo 4 seems to be kind of an amalgamation of both of those so far. It would yeah. seem to me. But that's what they did with the newer saints row yeah. and that did not go well <laughs> this is this is the problem is that like they tried to go back and recapture some of what people liked about diablo 2 but that's a bit like going back and trying to recapture what people liked about goldeneye to your point earlier mm -hmm. don't do that yeah no it, it was it was just the right time right place yeah. right people were there all I at the same time diablo 2 when it was new yeah. It was a great game. It was in some ways ahead of its time and, and the itemization and everything else was great. But don't try to fucking tell me it was better than Diablo 3. That's mm. nonsense. Like objectively false. 
<laughs> and like I said, some people will. Some, yeah. Everybody has their preferred favorite in a series. Like it's, you know what I mean? I, I, you can look at the Mass Effect trilogy, oh, right? Hey, I, I've got no problem with people telling no, me they liked it yep. more. Yep. Don't tell me it's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's impressive. I'm looking forward to when four comes out. Um, six, six, twenty-three. So. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think I said this last week as well. Like just because I say something in Diablo four is not as good as Diablo three doesn't mean I think it's a bad game. I'm, no. I haven't canceled my pre-order. I'm still going to play it when it comes out. The couch co-op. I, actually, the one thing that really pisses me off, the rest of it I'll kind of forgive. The fact that they reduced the console couch co-op from four to two. Yeah, that was annoying. Actually pisses me off because there's no reason for that. Yeah. That's just spite. Um, I kind of hope that was just a beta thing. I mean, but why would it be, right? Like Because they do weird things with betas. Wow, okay, fair enough. They probably, it might have been, because they might have just been testing to see how players would respond to that. Maybe, maybe. To see whether or not they would want the four. Could be. Yeah. Fortunately, it doesn't matter. I have two Xboxes in the house anyways, so we're covered. But uh, that actually really pissed me off, because mm-hmm. there was no reason for yeah. that. Um. It'll be fun. Like I said, we're 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 all gonna play it. We'll all probably play it together, <laughs> and we'll stream it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. we'll we'll figure out how to stream it. I'm not. It's gonna be harder when you can't do all four on the same screen. Uh, but uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a good enough game. And like I said, I do have a video in the works that that I talk about some of the ways it's better. But I I have seen a bunch of people, not just on the video that I released, but internet at large saying like oh you know diablo 2 was better than diablo 3 and that's what we should be comparing this against it's like you're wrong for starters and and secondly like it it's fine if it if you liked diablo 2 more than 3 that's fine but diablo 3 was in every way except story the better game um a lot of people do say they like the graphics of diablo 4 a lot better uh which which I, I mean, I get, and like I, I will, I will absolutely say, like the the graphics in Diablo three were a little weird because they were sort of cartoony. They seemed like lighter tone. Like that's why I say, like they they had a wow look to it. Yeah, it it, it wasn't a a dark compared to Diablo two and Diablo four. Like the tones of those games were like really dark, serious kind of, yeah. you know. Um, and with three, they kind of, they went for this like wow kind of lighter tone, and that just. Well, it, uh, it, it was due to the graphics limitations yeah. of the time, right? Yeah. There were things that you could do to make things look more detailed than they actually were. Mm-hmm. And they took advantage of that. And as a result, you get that sort of softer edged kind of glowy look. And they leaned into that. And a lot of people didn't like that. And that's fair. That's a reasonable complaint. Um, But, I mean, you were still like goring the hell out of undead for hours at a time don't like i'm not going to accept anyone saying like it was a it was a like happy go lucky game it's like it's still <laughs> you're still fighting demons if you were a sadist yes it was sure well <laughs> um i mean i would like we have these opinions based off of playing previous games it'd be interesting and i don't know anyone oh my sister maybe but i don't know anyone that's not played any of the previous games danielle well, she hasn't played two. She's played three. Yeah, she played three. But I mean, like anyone that's tried the demo that's never played any Diablo before. Yeah, anything I mean, at all. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what their experience was like. So, I don't know. 
have to scour the internet for something like that. Yeah, well, see, mm -hmm. I, I probably know at least one person out of everyone I know mm -hmm. that plays games. I, I can probably find somebody. But, uh, I mean, I, I think they're probably going to say this uh, a lot of the same things around just like there are certain things that game developers realized were a bad idea, like massively handicapping your inventory. Like people realized that giving you an inventory the size of a thimble was a bad idea. It doesn't matter if it's slightly more realistic that you can only carry 20 weapons instead of 40. Because uh, <laughs> like that fucking matters. Uh, like people realize that's a stupid thing to do. And going back to that is like, okay, so what? We just forgot about the last 15 years of game development? Like why the fuck are you doing this? Um, so... Yeah, very interesting decisions. I suspect what we'll see is that they'll change a lot of them. Yeah. You'll see additional tabs being available for gold or something. And it, they'll the Paragon system that right now is limited at 200, I bet they change that. I bet they lift the limit. Mm -hmm. um, That'll almost... Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, we'll, that, that would almost be a conversation for another episode where we just talk about um, mechanics and stuff that uh, are in games that are like just a, a bad design decision. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, there, cause there's so many that we've talked about over the past 38 episodes that we've done. Yeah. Um, you know, like breakable weapons in a Zelda game, oh, fuck. And, you know, like just, just, just that kind of shit yeah, yeah, or, for sure. you know, it'd be, it'd be an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. We could do an episode on that. Let us know in the comments, uh, a, if you'd be interested and B, uh, let us know some of the mechanics that you like or hate. And uh, maybe we'll we'll add that to the list. Yippers, yippers. But, uh, it, yeah, yeah. There there are things about Diablo Four that just were the wrong choice, uh, and uh, and they'll change them. That I mean, that's the thing. Like Diablo Three is a much better game today than when they released it. Um, except for the Act Five story, like story in Diablo Three, like garbage. That's pretty widely agreed upon. Nobody thinks that Diablo Three had the most amazing story. Um. Sure, but the thing is, like, Diablo 2 actually had a pretty compelling story. Yeah. Diablo 3 did not. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I will agree to that 100%. <laughs> um, but in terms yeah, of I, actual... I don't remember the actual story for Diablo 3 yeah. at all. It was very forgettable and irrelevant. <laughs> Sounds... I mean... Um, especially with Act 5 in this. <laughs> search for it on YouTube. Yeah. I don't want to. No, there's no then point. Shut I'll up. just play the game because I just want to <laughs> squish things. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, right? Like, a lot of these things are like the entire Diablo game is the end game loop. And so some of these are irrelevant, but at the same time, things that needlessly handicap uh, the, the leveling process, things that, that specifically stop you from leveling quickly are like, cool. So you're just slowing down my progress to the end game, which is the entire point of Diablo games. So like, why are you preventing me from getting to the game? <laughs> yep so um as we mentioned previously uh congratulations vampire survivors for winning ba uh, bafta's uh game of the year as well as uh best game design uh for 2023 um some other notable winners god of war ragnarok won five uh for um uh, leading role christopher judge Layla delon hayes winning performer in leading role and performing supporting role uh elden ring and tunic 
which was a game we've talked about before. Uh, mm-hmm. Elden Ring won two for uh, best multiplayer and best original property. And uh, Tunic also won two for uh, artistic achievement and best debut game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, best yeah. debut yeah. for yeah. sure. Tunic was a great game. And, and it came pretty. out finished. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely amazing game. If I we we cannot recommend that enough. If you can it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Definitely check out Tunic. It's worth it. It's such a great experience. Yeah, it's it's a fun game and and it came out complete. It didn't early access uh and uh it's great. They did a yep. good job. Yeah. And I the- will say though, Elden Ring winning <laughs> best multiplayer is absolute bullshit because that's I mean, bizarre. Destiny yeah. or World of Warcraft. Pick one. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. A- anything else is like fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, even Final Fantasy uh, 14, fourteen online. Yeah. Sure. One sure. one a BAFTA for uh, best evolving game. Um, that's a multiplayer game. Sure. GTA Five. <laughs> didn't they win also? Didn't they also win that same award basically um, at the Game Awards? Something like so, that. Yeah. 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 Very similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Immort- Immortality, which you two both played, won uh, best narrative. That doesn't shock me. Yeah. The narrative was the one thing in that game that was excellent. <laughs> like I said earlier, I'm just pleased that BAFTA agrees with us here at Dice to Pixels and that Vampire Survivors was the best game of 2022. It, it's nice that they picked something that wasn't Elden Ring. Yeah. Or, or, or God yeah. of War. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because those were not the best game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> when a movie is optioned for a board game that doesn't have any characters yeah this one we can make fun of as much as we want (laughs) this is this is ridiculous so adrian brought this up to us when we got here today um cobalt knight a studio uh took got the rights to uh terra mystica which is a resource management game about various groups of people terraforming their surroundings in order to gain land and power yeah so so it I, I didn't actually look much into the game, but it looks like sort of a vaguely worker placement style thing. It yeah. sound just based off of that description in the article, it sounds like Catan yeah. vaguely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it, yeah. It, to me. It it sounded like a mix between Catan and and Agricola. Um, I don't know how true that is, but that's what it sounded like. Um, but like the game has no named characters. Uh, it's no doesn't partic- have a strongly developed world, according to this article. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, and instead involves 14 groups of people who look to grow their territory and culture. And players can also have their chosen faction join a cult to further their goals, which might also factor into a future movie plot. Yeah. That's like the most generic idea for a movie. Yeah. Now, let's, let's remember, we talked about this earlier. They made a battleship movie. I do want to see that now. I didn't know that was For the thing. record. <laughs> For the record. That movie was far better than it had any right being. <laughs> if you haven't watched Battleship, I mean, go in with no expectations. Because if you go in with expectations, it will let you down. But if you go in expecting a ridiculous movie, it will not disappoint. I, I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> Um, if you weren't turned off by how ridiculous Pacific Rim was, uh, I don't think you'll mind Battleship. So I loved Pacific Rim. Then I think you'll like. <laughs> I think you'll like Battleship. Um, yeah. So this is we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and and I'll sort of repeat what I said then. Um, this is really weird because I didn't recognize the name Terra Mystica at all. Actually, none of us did. No. And like we're 
board gamers. We're not crazy heavy board gamers yep. like some people we know, Richter. Um, Have you heard of Terra Mystica, I, Richter? Probably. Probably kicks you have it. it. Can we borrow it? Yeah. Can we borrow? No. Can you come over and play? play yeah. Can yeah. You play? Um, Teach us how to play it too. Please. So it's a little weird because like, I don't think in the general population, there's going to be a huge number of people who are like, I know that. I, I recognize that name. Um, it's not like Gloomhaven. Pretty much anyone who plays board games yeah. knows Gloomhaven. Yes. Regardless of whether they've played it, they know Gloomhaven. Terra Mystica, pretty clearly, since there's three of us here that definitely play board games, had no clue about it. I don't think it's going to get that name recognition. And there's no story, world or mm -hmm. otherwise. Like, mm -hmm. they're going to have to make up a complete movie and then they're going to attach a name to it that I don't think is going to get the recognition. What a weird fucking decision. Can I be honest? Yes. Um, when I hear the name Terra Mystica, the first thing that popped into my head was a Lucha Libre wrestler in AAA Mexico. Is that their name? <laughs> but, but like just, third, oh, okay. just like that, just hearing the, that's the first thing that popped in my head was a Lucha Libre wrestler, wrestler okay. that uh, competes in AAA Mexico. All right. I, I can see it. <laughs> I'm now coming it. to the ring. Terra Mystica. I mean, like somersaults and 360 flips and shit and just kicking the crap out of everybody as they do and just a badass bitching mask uh yeah i mean i i I'm, i don't watch wrestling so that didn't come to mind but having said that like i i <laughs> yeah can see that yeah yeah like it's um and i have like some synesthesia so when you say terra mystica i picture a lot of purple and blue like in the cover of the trine games okay so i got like a purple blue Themed. So Terra Mystica's yeah. outfit is all purple and blue. Ooh, yep. All right, we'll have Mid Journey mock one up for us. Probably like okay. Galaxy, you know. Um, Ooh. Yeah, Mid Journey needs to do this, and then we need to uh, post that picture. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, we'll uh, we'll throw it in Discord yeah. uh, tomorrow when we release the episode. But yeah, so so just a super weird decision from like you're not. I don't think they're getting any name recognition. They're not getting any like world to build from. Sure, cell isn't like Dungeons and Dragons. I'll tell you that much. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, we we talked about this a little bit earlier, and it's like there are games that you could pull from that have lore, mm -hmm. and there are games that you could pull from that have name recognition, and this kind of doesn't have much of either. So it's a really weird one to choose. I I'm hoping they didn't pay much for the option. It could be that. It could be like an independent film that's going to be made from this. If yeah. if something actually gets made yeah. at all. Yeah. $8.53. Right. <laughs> I mean, or, or maybe it's just a royalty thing. Maybe yeah. they're like, yeah, hey, yeah, we yeah. want to make a movie called this. We're, we'll base it we're loosely on your board game. And we'll give you a percent of yeah. the world. Like we don't know the details of it, so he could make all the sense in the world. I mean, for all we know, this movie's going to come out and it's going to kick ass. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I no don't. No idea. I have no reason no to idea. assume that it would yeah. be bad. Mm -hmm. I, it's just weird. Yeah. Normally, when you option something for movie rights, you're building on the story of it. In this case, it it feels like they kind of just wanted the name, which it's a good name. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's all they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, because like I had said earlier when you first uh, brought this to us was my first image was like of a fantasy land yeah. type thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a good name. Yeah. it's I like it. It feels nice on the mouth. It kind of makes me want to try the board game. 
Yeah. <laughs> Richter. Richter. Uh, and then in 2024, we can finally watch the film adaptation of Connect Four. I would. No, that's already been done. Has it? Jetlag did one. It's a TV series more than anything, but no shit. Yeah, Jetlag. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's from the guy who does Wendover. Um, and one of the seasons was Connect Four, and they had to connect. They had to go to U.S. state capitals and do a challenge. Oh right, oh. you were telling they, us about they this. They claimed yeah. the the state. Yeah, but now I'm telling them. Okay. Yeah, it sounds uh, really cool. And they they claimed the state, and if you connected four states in a row, perfectly horizontally or vertically, you won the game. So. Connect Force already had a film adaptation. I like my version better. Yeah, well, your your version might get cut. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Uh, I guess that brings us yeah. to time. So yeah. is there anything else either of you had I... that you wanted to talk about? What, what have you guys been playing lately? I know we've been, well. You know play- what I've been playing. Yes. They don't. I've been, well, actually, did I mention it last week? I've been playing Rogue Tower. I think you might have. I, I don't think I know. Might've. Yeah. You've been playing um, that for a while. What have you been playing, Chad? Uh, I recently bought Wildermyth on our brand new Steam Deck and been playing that. It's a fun little tactical art, tactical RPG um, where uh, it's got this really cool art style paper. It reminded me of Paper Mario, kind of, mm-hmm. how uh, everything looks and stuff. And Yeah, it's been pretty neat. It's fun little, uh, fun little romp. What have you been playing, Zara? Uh, well, I haven't really been playing a whole lot this week, but I just got The Last Worker today and it was just released yesterday and it's kind of like a weird mashup of Portal if you worked in an Amazon fulfillment factory. And what have you all been playing this week? Let us know down in the comments below. Yeah, I actually would be interested. So I'm actually, once again, I believe I'm on the hunt for my next game. Uh, so if anyone has any suggestions, put them in the comments or in Discord. Or both. Yeah, or both. Or yep. write me a letter at Adrian Kemp at what's a fake address I can give them? 90210. <laughs> at what's a fake Drax DT. Yeah, that's the street name. Yeah. Uh, As so- always, though, like and subscribe. Thank you for uh, spending your time with us here. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Yay.